Hi, Ben. Hi. We're bringing the madness. This is uh, my favorite James Taylor song. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we are going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run a subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers called Upcase. I'm in a great mood. I'm very glad to hear that, Ben. I bet you could guess why I'm in a good mood. You got some MRR? Uh, no, no, it's the ember removal. Ember's gone. I, I have both. Oh, that's yeah. a very good week. Yeah, it's a good week. Should I just go first? Yeah, I think you should. Uh, okay, I have notes. Uh, and the biggest note is that there's no more ember. At uh, all. It's at gone. All. Totally, totally banished. Gone. Totally nice. gone. Like thousands of lines of JavaScript have been deleted. Congratulations. I know that that was a big effort and uh, really glad to see you on the other side of it. I feel, I feel like a weight of thousands of lines of JavaScript have been lifted from my shoulders. Awesome. It's really good. Yeah, so we deployed that on uh, on yesterday, which is a thing people say when they speak normal English. Uh, and it worked. Or maybe it was even Tuesday. I think it was, who knows. Anyway, it was a couple of days ago, and uh, we pushed it out, and nothing immediately blew up. We found a couple little edge cases. Mm-hmm. We also found one major problem. But other than that, that was fixed really quickly. Um, <laughs> so it couldn't have been too major. Yeah. It was uh, it was fixed pretty fast. We we basically, in the, uh, here's like a sample form form keep thing. We had the wrong URL in the thing, in the in the thing mm-hmm. so I was like use our sample and it didn't work and people were like uh, hello so we fixed that but yeah uh, we pushed some additional stuff uh, this week just fixing up little things that we found over time but we had a pretty good checklist of things to test before we lo- uh, before we pushed to production and we got mm-hmm. those those all passed and then we ran the same checklist again in production and a couple of them were a little bit just slightly different because that's how the world works what uh, why I what? forget it was something with credit cards mm. I think maybe we didn't there are always oh, you know those subtle things it was actually I, I filled in my credit card form using one password in production. I filled it by hand in staging because I was not using a real credit card in staging. But in production, I wanted to use a real card, so I used one password, and that failed. It was one of these things where one password just it tries to guess like where your expiration date goes, and right. on our form, it wasn't quite right. So hmm. that's interesting. I mean, is that actually a usability problem with your credit card form? Because I think yes. the nature... Okay. We fixed it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's nice, actually. It's a nice side benefit that came out of this. I hate when forms do not fill correctly with 1Password. Yes. And so I will not be... Uh, I will not run a product that does not... Of all the things you can't do on the internet, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> I could I could affect this product, is yes. what I'm saying. Yep. That's, that's all I can do. So uh, two questions I have for you. Oh, one, ooh, from a user perspective, yeah. is the world essentially unchanged? Pretty like, was much. This, was this basically transparent to your end users, would you pretty, say? Pretty damn transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest benefit we got from Ember was that page loads were fast. Um, page loads... <laughs> Take that, Ember. <laughs> Secondary page loads, because initial page loads still right, had all sorry, the yes. venture of... Exactly. Yeah. First page load was terrible. Second page lo- or secondary, s- subsequent ones are better. Um, but so now we have like normal, reasonable page loads. Like you mm-hmm. can reload the whole thing and it's not a madness happening. It's not a madness happening. There's the title. Uh, but uh, the one we actually sp- we sprinkled just a touch of JavaScript in the <laughs> submission loading code. Because if you have a bunch of submissions and you click one of them, we were if we reload the whole page, you might have a hun- like hundreds of submissions. And it's like, Are oh, you, you want using to- Turbo Links now? We almost did. <laughs> I wa- I was actually in favor of using the latest Turbo Links. I mean, that's what it's for, right? It's totally for that. Uh, but. Bernard uh, wanted to use PJAX for reasons that weren't 100% clear okay. to me. So, I mean, essentially, you are using the we're same using architectural technique. the same thing, yeah. yeah. But he wanted that one. There was something that he wanted to do, like partial, I think it was partial page reloads or something. 
like where... only reloading a particular segment of the page. Correct. So I think Turbolinks 3 brought in, but I don't know the specifics because I haven't He's, used it. Now that I'm deeply. thinking about it, I believe he said that the partial page reloading was not fully in uh, released. It was in master on Turbolinks, but it wasn't in a released version. And he didn't want to do that. Gotcha. Which I kind of get. And so we're using PJAX. Uh, but it works great. Hmm. So that, that part is plenty fast. And we we had infinite scroll before which is one of those features that is like kind of a nice idea, but then like in practice can often be kind of janky. And so I was like, let's drop this thing. And we just load, now we load a hundred submissions, your last hundred submissions with a little note. If you have more than that, that says, if you want more, export it with CSV or hit it from our API and we'll give you JSON or something. I like but, that in the uh, kind of MVP and like if enough people complain about that, you can easily build pagination or endless scroll or any of those other things. But for now, just saying like, here it is, your data is definitely accessible. Yeah. Uh, we have kind of a barbell strategy. Uh, of we've got the one end, the simple fast loading case covered, and then you've got the more extreme, listen, you can do anything you want because it's a CSV. Mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in so much as this is an MVP, I like that as an approach to the, this particular thing. Barbell strategy refers to the idea that if someone doesn't like that, we hit them with a barbell? It does, absolutely. Okay. I think it's actually from, uh, I'm going to say Nassim Taleb, uh, but I'm not sure which book. Okay. Uh, Anti-Fragile, maybe, is the book. Okay. Uh, but it's the idea of rather than having this nice kind of up-the-middle singular strategy, you adopt a barbell strategy. So it's mm. something on the far end of the spectrum and the other far end of the spectrum. Mm. So in like investing, it would be a bunch of crazy foreign stocks mm -hmm. and some very safe, secure bonds. Uh, and so it's adopting that in more aspects of your life. Why do foreign stocks have to be the crazy one? That's kind of US-centric of you. It is. There are plenty of crazy penny stocks in this country. Have you ever done penny stocks, Ben? No. I can see that being a thing that you would do. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a fun little go crazy, have an adventure. Uh, okay. Just yeah. like try it for a week and be like, this is insane and I'm going to stop. But I could see that. Uh, no. I stick to my uh, VTI. Yeah, that's true. You do actually have pretty core... Uh, financial approach. Yeah. Anyway, I know back stuff about to stuff. Uh, yeah. So Ember's yeah. gone. I feel mm -hmm. great. I'm super pumped about that, and everything's good. We have. I, I think we've actually had no complaints. So to rip out a pretty major chunk mm -hmm. of the app and replace it and have everything just work is pretty great. Huge kudos to Bernard who did some yep. a, a lot of that work and caught a lot of the bugs and did a lot of like cleanup as he was pulling stuff out. So super super nice job. I said it before, but it's amazing to work with mm -hmm. Thoughtbot developers as yeah. from like a client perspective. It's it's great. Cool. Uh, so that's good. Uh, so actually, before we go too ooh, far yes. on that, uh, so first, kudos, because this is something that's been in work for a long time. Duncan. Definitely worth taking a moment. Let's celebrate. Let's be happy about this. But, but oh God. Uh, again, this was user neutral, user transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, the end goal here was pricing. We got to get to a place that we can play with the pricing. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you're planning to come back to this in just a moment, but where are you on the pricing? Do you have a model in mind? Do you have uh, testing? And where are you on that? Yeah. So this this was blocking pricing, mm -hmm. but the only the, it's not exactly true to say that the whole point of this was pricing, okay. because the point of the Ember removal is to be faster over the next n months, uh, and being all, basically all of them. So it was my estimation that Ember was going to slow us down net over the next year so that it was worth spending time to rip it out. So that is a an assertion that can't really be tested, right? <laughs> it's like, if the product does well over the next six months, I was right. We can't maybe <laughs> and if, test realities, unfortunately. Right, exactly. And if it doesn't do well, then I was maybe still right. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe wrong in both cases. So uh, it's one of those things where I made an assessment and mm -hmm. made a decision and went with it. I, I didn't expect it to take this long, even expecting it to take, to take longer than I thought it would. It still took longer than... Isn't that, that the actual, the adage? Yes. Even knowing that yes. it will take longer than you think, you still can't properly estimate how long it will take. I haven't checked my notes, but I, I mean, in my head, 
we started this in early December and in my head it was like this might be three to four weeks and it was like nine weeks uh, somewhere in that in that range so that was definitely a cost mm-hmm. and I guess it's just on us to pay attention and see like does this was it worth it Ho- hopefully so well I mean at this point sunk cost it's gone right. so it's just interesting from a future decision yes. point of view like yeah. looking when I have this another situation that's kind of like this mm-hmm. am I, am, are my estimates of you know future payoffs correct right. and I remember you very clearly went into it like ah, this is one of those mm-hmm. historically questionable gambles mm-hmm. but this time I'm pretty sure <laughs> and I again I, I think throughout I've kind of said like yeah I think it makes sense uh, but now we're past that. And yes. in particular, we should be in a place to be doing the pricing. So. Correct. And that's what we're doing. Cool. So I just had a call today uh, with Bernard. We have uh, So while we were doing the Ember thing, I had uh, two of our designers uh, get together and do some, not quite mock-ups, I guess they're in, in app mock space. What do you call it when they when like it's a non, non-functioning prototype, I guess? Yeah, that sounds good. Like the design is there. It's HTML and CSS, but the buttons don't work. So we have that for new tiered pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in progress now basically are you comfortable talking about uh the specifics of the pricing tiers and your thinking behind that um no not yet uh i am comfortable sharing that i dropped the price anyway okay so i had been sort of holding off on making pricing so i agreed with the world that 19 dollars was pretty steep for a single form Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to make a change but i was like maybe i shouldn't make the change because we're about to change the tier pricing anyway and then i just said this is this is silly Mm -hmm. like like everything it's everything takes longer than i think it's going to so let's just make a change now to drop the price a lot and see what happens and while we're while we're rolling out the, the tiered pricing and so currently as of now uh, a form is nine dollars per month mm-hmm. still pay per form yep. but a lot cheaper and surprise we've had like twice as many signups as usual for the time period as uh, you might expect twice as many signups we'll see what the ltv is and that's going to take a mm-hmm. long time to see it. this is one of those very hard things to uh, actually measure like twice as many signups sounds great but it right. is less than half the price yep but maybe they'll stay for a lot and you know we'll yeah. we'll figure that out as we go along but uh so i think yeah. nine dollars is kind of where i see our entry point mm-hmm. in form keep somewhere in the, probably but uh, i think i'm not sure this it's still up in the air there's i think there's a couple of different trains of thought that you could go down uh one is like give away one form for free and get a ton of people in there and then maybe they'll upgrade or charge me everyone yeah. yeah sort of freemium thing or or start at a pretty aggressive uh, price point and go after people that are using it purely for business and have at least three forms and I'm not sure what quite where we're going to come down on that that but mm-hmm. there's plenty of design and development work that needs to happen before that decision gets made exactly can you explain specifically so this sounds like again there's a, a constraint something that will prevent us from experimenting and I think experimenting here is pretty important so can you explain specifically why you think there is a constraint and what it is and can, what do you, mean you were constraint? saying like there's a lot of design and development work that needs to happen first uh, so there's a lot of design and development work that needs to happen before this goes out into the world. Mm-hmm. And so in parallel, the pricing dis- like thought and decisions can be made. Okay. Assuming we don't do anything crazy, like some sort of new whacked out sign-up model or something. Mm-hmm. Well, so just as a crazy out there, uh, you have a system that can just take arbitrary kind of submissions of data. Uh-huh. Uh, so what if you were to manually onboard people at arbitrary price points? That means you have to build less code, but then you're... I know you like manual onboarding. Have you been... I'm, I'm smiling because I... Have you been reading my notes? Uh, your... your uh, my shared notes? No, your Twitter feed. Your oh, shared notes with the world, I've I seen. I see. Um, yes. But actually, I wasn't even... I guess I maybe was thinking that. But the idea that is there a way that, again, to, to minimize and to get to testing as soon as possible and as much iteration as possible, can you try out four different price points, see who clicks through, manually onboard them? You like that anyway. 
and then later, you know, solidify this with real design and development, hooking it up to Stripe, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. And so that's this is what I want to do actually. Um, so along with all of this, I do want to do some manual on, manual onboarding. So I did a bunch of this last week. So on Codecation, I built a tool, a product called Briefs, uh, which is a podcasting service, and we've been only letting people sign up over a Google Hangout with us. And so I am shocked to have learned how much I learned. It was like such a good experience. And so I was like, you know, <laughs> I know another product that I'm running that could probably use some onboarding improvements. And so, yes, in order to support basically arbitrary pricing and also to improve the onboarding, which you gave some really good feedback last time. And also, I think we both agree that there's, there's some wins to be made there. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to do a whole bunch of manual onboarding. So I think also I'm going to probably turn off self-serve signups on FormKeep as we're doing this and do what you said. Like when people go through and we'll say, okay, the pricing is X and see what they say. One other thing I was doing uh, earlier is asking people before they even start the call, like what, what are you anticipating the price points to be? And that was nice to like kind of get a before and after, like because sometimes you show people a number and they're like, okay, that seems reasonable. But if you ask them ahead of time. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, you're, you're like two steps ahead of me on, on everything. Awesome. Uh, basically. I'm feeling good about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do want to move to more manual onboarding. Uh, and it's kind of all, yeah, I think it's all tying together nicely. Yeah. Like the ember removal is enabling the price work, which is enable it, which is going to be informed by the manual onboarding, which will improve mm -hmm. the onboarding and the pricing simultaneously. And I think we're getting somewhere pretty good. Yeah. I, all of this does sound really good. The one, and this is hindsight is twenty twenty sort of thing. We're now at a place where you're saying, well, I, I guess I'm just basically going to make a form where I can take a credit card, create a Stripe customer, and then I'm going to manually create a plan or, or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Probably could have done that on top of Ember and gotten to a place where you were iterating on pricing much earlier while possibly simultaneously doing this, but be in the pricing testing place six weeks ago. True. Yep. Uh, we realize this now, again, hindsight 2020. So this is not, this is just, I'm trying to name a situation where we're seeing that. So future times for both of us, oh, definitely. we have that kind of feeding into future decisions. Yeah. And, I, and you're beating me up a little bit, but I actually, I like it. I like the mentality of, okay, what have we learned here? Like, let's like celebrate the successes, but yep. also how are we going to do it better next time? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm certainly in the same position and I'm only tuned into that, I think, because I've noticed the same thing. I've been like, ah, oh, man, I really could have done this way easier. I should have just done X. I could have taken a really shorter path and been, been testing is really like, that's kind of the, how quickly can I get to a test? Mm -hmm. How quickly can I move through a test? How quickly can I learn and iterate? Right. Uh, it, it parallels Agile and kind of all of those other methodologies that we're into. So yeah. I'm into it on a lot of fronts and I'm trying to just everywhere, just where are places that I can knock down constraints because constraints are bad. Yes. That idea of like, how can I parallelize this thing is, I think, definitely powerful. Mm -hmm. I imagine the people that are more, I, I imagine as we gain more experience, we'll get better and better at figuring out how to do that. So I'm glad you're calling it out. Uh, so one more big announcement of things that have happened is we have launched our drip campaign. We have an email course designing contact forms that convert mm -hmm. and uh, it is live on FormKeep and it's live on our blog. Mm -hmm. So we are capturing people and people are subscribing and we'll see what happens with that. Cool. Yep. To be the voice of our marketing group, I was just looking at it, and it's it's got a black border. Uh -huh. It's kind of harsh and unfriendly. You Maybe like, a, a, like an orange a bright or yellow, yellow and <laughs> some white text A hotly on contested it. topic, but I'm a fan of the brighter, friendlier, warmer colors myself. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. Just, just a thought. The it's black, something that I've come around to pretty strongly. Yeah, that's a good point, um, especially because the black actually doesn't work that well with the form keep color scheme. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you're also in a lot of white, so you kind of have, have some freedom. Like mm-hmm. as I was scrolling down the page, there's a lot of white space. The elements are largely centered on the page. Mm-hmm. So I think you can go with whatever you want, but the black, especially on a white background, felt a little stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and historically, I would have been like, I don't know, that doesn't matter. People are reading words, and that's how the internet works. Yeah, right. I have come to find out that colors and yellow buttons and things like that are surprisingly important. Yeah. Patio 11's been saying this for years. He's been standing on buildings and just yelling it as loud as he can. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Now I've got my own data, and it says, yep, yellow buttons. Okay. Uh, so I have uh, one more note that I have of things to talk about, but it's kind of relevant to you. And so I'll do that after. Oh, man. Yeah, your turn. No, we, you and I have already talked about that. We're just going to talk about it on the air. Okay, cool. Um, first, uh, stuff did not go super awesome the past two weeks, or looking at the amount of output that I have, the amount of things that I can say we got done, not as high as I would like. There are a few reasons for that. One is uh, I spent some time thinking a little more strategically stepping back and trying to think about bigger pictures, thinking about things like team plans and onboarding and cohesive email systems. What does it look like when we get all of our users in there and what sort of sequence do they flow through rather than, well, we've got this course and that course and this course, and I don't know, they might be in any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of really good work that went, that came out of that. A lot of really good next steps were defined. Very happy with that. Worked with our marketing team. So I'm super happy with the output in the sense of ideas and clear, actionable next steps, Mm -hmm. but in the sense of actually moving things, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, So that was last week. Uh, Plus, some things did move in that time. This week, unfortunately, just kind of the the world attacked me uh, was Mm -hmm. what happened. Monday and Tuesday were basically lost days due to... Monday was an instance of credit card fraud that came up, and I had to try and figure out what was going on because it wasn't just straightforward either. There was a user saying... My credit card is being billed. I've literally never heard of your company. What are you? What is going on? And then trying to piece through and figure out, well, there's an existing user that is using this credit card. What all is going on? Mm -hmm. Uh, We largely resolved that, but mostly it just took a lot of both time and mental energy. Uh, That was just not a great situation. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's part of running a business. It's part of taking money in any way. So that's going to happen. But uh, then the next day, I got to come in, and the Git server was just broken. Uh, We had run out of space, or more particularly, we still had space. We had just run out of inodes, which basically means we had too many files on the system, too many little tiny files. Uh, So luckily, Joe, our CTO, was available. He has deep knowledge of the whole system, and he and I were able to work together, uh, figure out a solution, and basically stabilize the system. But that involved deleting a lot of uh, essentially archival data off of it. Mm But then we did want to restore that. So today we actually had some planned downtime. I got to send a planned downtime email, which Mm -hmm. I've never done before. Mm -hmm. We will be putting the system in maintenance mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were able to do a very quick update on that. But it kind of uh, highlighted that that Git server needs some work. So we put in a little bit of extra work. Joe updated uh, all of the packages that were on it, as well as the base operating system. We were on the previous version of Debian. We're now on the current stable version of Debian. So in theory, that gave us some nice security updates and things. We probably had a few possibly non-trivial vulnerabilities in there, but now we're good. Hmm. We had some conversations about longer-term work that we might want to do on that server, but for now we've kind of stabilized it, and I think I'm, I'm happy with where we're at, mm-hmm. and I can't justify going too much deeper. So we did the 80-20 of work to stabilize that. But again, that took up most of Tuesday and some of Wednesday, so... All right, we got there. That that happened. But again, in the sense of moving forward meaningful things, again, no users saw the world differently for Upcase for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's unfortunate. But some other things did land. Um, So 
We now have the ability to make weekly iteration videos free. This is something that we've been working on for yeah. a surprisingly long time. I thought this was going to be a really quick one in the sense of, you know, the ember removal. We're just going to take ember out and replace it with rails. This is much simpler. I just want to be able to make a video free. I just want to show a little box that says, here's a button. You can get this video for free. Uh, but in doing that, I found a number of kind of architectural things that were strongly resisting any changes. Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, we had uh, in our controller, we would fork off and either render show for subscribers mm -hmm. or show for visitors. Mm -hmm. So we had this high level split in two. And then each of those views turned out to have kind of drifted from each other over time. So there were incidental differences between them that really shouldn't be there, but someone made an edit to one and right. not to the other. Yep. And now that we have this kind of third, the middle tier of samplers, they kind of were split between the two use cases. Mm. So I realized that's not the right way to split our traffic. So I unified that view back together. We now have a singular show view for videos. All videos are under one template. And in that we have, uh, I think, a much more easy to understand sequence of conditionals based on various states. Mm -hmm. The nature of the video, the nature of the user, is this part of a trail or is this the weekly iteration? Turned out there were a lot of different dimensions on which this view could vary. Mm -hmm. And unifying it back into a single view turned out to be extremely useful in making that clearer and easier to understand. Nice. So you sort of unfactored. Uh, you defactored. I defactored. You, re you, replaced you replaced polymorphism with conditional. I replaced conditional. Yeah. I replaced polymorphism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had to unwind that one. But I think so. uh, I'm not surprised that it made it clear. Yeah. Like sometimes you got to jam everything back in the same place to see what's going on. Yep. So. And it turns out it actually is now a, a very clear template. And I've nice. uh, abstracted out a few pieces. There are some subpartials that do some additional conditional things. Mm -hmm. But looking at that view, I think you can get a very clear idea of what are all of the elements that we might show on the video page and why might we show them or not. Uh, so at a very high level, that view does a good job of that. It has a very cohesive test suite now as well for mm. that singular view. View specs? Uh, yeah, view specs. You know, as you know what I love? View specs. View specs. I used to not, and now I really do. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave me a very kind of focused, efficient way to describe and constrain the behavior of that page. And as I was doing all of these smashing two different things together, it turned out to be an extremely useful uh, aspect. So. I like that they're fast. Mm -hmm. I like that when you are violating OO principles, which Rails basically begs you to do, uh, <laughs> you uh, and also like clearance, like current user and all that, yep. and like magical methods that just show up, uh, it makes it harder. And I yeah. kind of like that. It's like, oh. You know, if you passed in all these things as locals, this would be a real easy test to write. Yep. And so I think they have a nice design pressure on the the views, or they or you or you pay the penalty and, and write a bunch of annoying private methods like stub current user. Yeah. And so each one of those that you write, you feel a little bit of pain around. Uh, I actually built up a singular method render video, and that would take a number of arguments in, and then would assign the locals based on that. Mm. Uh, but that also highlighted and kind of pointed out, well, why am I switching on that? I already have this other piece. Could I just? Yeah, actually, I can implement the logic via this and now the view is more cohesive in that largely we were switching on the same one or two things rather than these four different ways to describe the world hmm. so overall really happy with that uh, the refactoring felt really good and actually now uh, i've decided to go a little bit further with that work and we have a similar split for the layouts we have two different layouts that's not necessarily the optimal path. Instead, we're going to bring those back together. Uh, we have this in work right now, and then introduce conditionals to break out sections or to change out the header because guests should see this and subscribers should see this. 
But that felt good with the exception that, again, nothing particularly interesting for users. But then I was able to, that was make the change easy and then make the change. Mm -hmm. The change eventually became very easy once I had unified those views. Mm -hmm. um, so now we have the ability to have free weekly iterations. Sweet. And I have actually marked the uh, Gitcha, Git Shell episode cool. uh, as free. So that's that's it's deployed and, and live and for, can I get it? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, you have access overall, but yeah. uh, anyone the can get it. the metaphorical eye. They could, uh, anyone that comes to upcase.com slash videos slash gitcha, G-I-T-S-H, that video you can access by authenticating with GitHub, and then you get to watch the whole thing. Uh, so there's definitely marketing aspects in trying to uh, probably get a link on the gitcha readme that's pointing into that and all sorts of fun things like that. I'm going to get you. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> the smirk that appeared on your face as you decided you were gonna yeah, say that. Yeah, you could see it coming. Oh, I did. Yeah, you tried to stop it by continuing to talk, but I, you could tell it wasn't gonna work. Didn't work out for me. Yeah. Uh, one actually just minor but nice usability thing is we improved the layout of the notes for every video. Oh, nice. Uh, so previously, those they notes were, are great. I'm happy with the notes. The, the notes like the and notes. the weekly iteration episodes and all videos now, oh. all trial videos. Too. Oh, excellent. Those are money. Uh, yeah. You basically have written a Wikipedia of like modern Rails development. It's interesting for me because I've written surprisingly few blog posts for ThoughtBot. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a tendency to talk myself into corners and say like, well, I, I'm not quite ready to talk about this topic. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough. But mm -hmm. the weekly iteration just forces me to ship on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. it turns out. Uh, and then I write up a lot of words to go along with the video. I kind of write down what I said. And I found that that is this kind of perfect optimization for me to get the thoughts that I have out of my head. Yeah. So we have a lot of words. They're nice words, but uh, they were spanning, I think it was, I don't know, 1,200 pixels wide, which is very hard for line length, just kind of tracking across the line. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were also cases where something that, while I was composing it, was a very nice little paragraph turned into just a single line. And that just looked not great. I have a thing for this. I learned a typ typographic thing. What's your typographic thing? You want your line length to be roughly two and a half alphabets. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. which I think is, there's this, it's a certain number of characters, right? Yeah, it's 26 times 2 plus a number. Yep. I hope I didn't just say the alphabet wrong, but. Two and a half times 26. Yeah. But I won't put you on the spot. But yeah. Thanks. Uh, I have rule of thumb. It's roughly that. I think it, we went with more of kind of a heuristic. I was working with Ali, our designer, um, but it's now in a box. That box constrains it in. So the video was able to stay a little bit larger. The box that the notes are in are right below that. It looks a lot like GitHub uh, is the game, but. I'm very happy with it. It's a very, it's a subtle but meaningful change, I think. Um, nice. So I was happy to get that in. And again, that was easier on the heels of the unification of the two uh, views there. I love when our designers are like, let's make this way more awesome. Yeah. And then it looks way better and Ooh. way more professional. Way more awesome, way more professional, all of those things. I'm into that. So let's see. We have some content stuff in motion. Um, the active record course that we've been working on, we're basically content complete. We have all of the notes, all of the exercises. There's a little bit of iteration to flesh out the titles and actually build out the trail and all of that. But in the sense of what I'd hoped to be done with was quote unquote content complete. I'm going to say that we got there. Uh, that was a heroic effort by Ragu. So that was great. Uh, and now we're there. So that's a that's a course that's pretty close to ready to go out. There's always there's a lot of little tasks that end up tacking on at the end. But, Do you have a checklist? Uh, I have the checklist from the most recent one that I'm going to kind of reuse and probably uh, now as you say that, I will make a system out of that and put that into place. But yeah. That would probably make your life a little bit easier. Yep. 
Yeah, um, mostly the little things that I need to do are relatively straightforward. It's the marketing aspect that's most interesting. Mm. So with the release of Mastering Git, I emailed X people. Yep. That was not a very big number, didn't go as well. I'm pretty, I'm cautiously optimistic about talking to a much larger audience about this next release. Nice. Uh, and doing that a little more strategically. Yeah, so you're sketching out a plan for that? Uh, yes, yeah. That's think? part of the big cohesive email picture. Okay. Uh, Drew are you going to get great. people all excited and stuff? I hope so. Like pre-email them, I mean? Uh, oh, pre-email. That's mm-hmm. an interesting question. Hadn't thought of that, mm-hmm. but yeah, what would a pre-email say? Hey, we're working on this really cool course. I wanted to give you a quick preview of it. You click here to watch this first video or something, or here are the notes for the thing, or here's what it's about, or something. Just well, get so people excited. It, they'll definitely be able to see the free samples uh, in the sense of we're doing that with all the courses now. Before it launches? Uh, not necessarily before it launches. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I, like, I hadn't thought about that, but I now will. So like you and I were both recipients of slash victims of slash whatever uh, on the receiving end of uh, Drip's new visual workflow launch mm-hmm. sequence. And like it was two weeks out, I got a little secret, like a little screenshot was like, something big is coming. And I was like, what is it, Rob Walling? <laughs> and he was like, I won't tell you for two weeks. Uh, and then like, you know, it, he talked about it on the latest uh, Startups for the Rest of Us on how they did their, how they did their launch. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be good, some good like, yeah, I should listen fodder. to that. I mean, I listen to most of them, so I'll listen to that one. Honestly, that particular sequence, I don't think, hit me very hard. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's like uh, the perfect one, yeah. but I think we could. I think you could do more than just like it's live. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm thinking of it's live, it's great, and then a follow up that so one that's more features focused, one that's more benefits focused, maybe something like that. So not just one email. That seems like a thing that I've learned. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, this is a this is a new idea that I hadn't thought about, but I will now think about, and I'm intrigued by. So there's this uh, old saw, this old chestnut, in um, so I sing barbershop, and one of the ways that songs often show up in barbershop is in a three part format, which is I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you, and then I'm gonna tell you, and then I'm gonna tell you what I told you, mm-hmm. and so you might want to think about that. <laughs> I don't think I could not at this point, Ben. <laughs> that could be your email sequence. That could be my email sequence. So you might want something about like, hey, like this thing is coming. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Or like just get excited. Like give some, some people a heads up. So like you like you saw with that discount that you mm. sent out, for example. Like people don't read every email. No. So you might want to like catch some of them right away and say, hey, this thing's going to come out later. And yeah. so now they're like, oh, yeah, Chris said this thing's going to come out. And then when I see the next email, I'll actually click on it sort of thing. I think it's worth at least one, you know? Yeah. With a sneak peek or a sneak something. I think it's a great idea. The caveat that I'll say is I already have, I think, a very good idea, which is to send two emails to a much larger audience. And I don't necessarily want to conflate it with this other idea. I would like to try that thing, get a relatively clear idea of how that worked. And then I can layer on with the next one. So actually part of this is I want to send out basically retroactively relaunch Mastering Git to that same audience uh-huh. and try out some of the things there and then release this active record course a little bit further out using some of the learnings from that. So in theory, maybe the active record one does have this preview thing, but I do want to do one that's a little more clean and just two emails following up each other to a larger audience with some specific thing. In, in the sense of you can only test on so many axes at one time and to be able to say like, I think this is what made this email work well. If I do the preview thing and I send to a bigger audience and I send twice and I have different elements in the subjects, now I can't say which of those was effective or not. Hmm. You know, okay. A, B testing, not A, B, C, D with one, I two, three. Yes. That, that's mostly what I'm thinking here. That's why I have hesitation. It sounds like you just don't want to send more email. There's also that. They're hard to write, man. Mm-hmm. Have you tried it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. 
Uh, and I've already failed at writing two of them that I wanted to for this week. So I know that too. I'm kind of couching my expectations as part of it. Okay. But it's definitely a good idea and something that's going to go on my list of things to think about with email. But it's amongst many other things. And, you know. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think along with like, so that the checklist of we're going to do the following things on the production side of making content, I would say equally as important, if not more, is probably the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear we're going to launch a new course and the marketing effort is two emails, I feel like there's, you've got more juice in that stone. Yes. Well, so part of it is also blog posts yep. and uh, Twitter, both ThoughtBot and Upcase, both of those multiple times. Uh-huh. Uh, and then potentially another separate email. I, I'm definitely open to thinking about that more. But if nothing else, just sending to a much larger audience is a step in the right direction. And figuring out who that audience is is actually unfortunately non-trivial right now. And so there's there's a big enough body of work that I think part of what you're seeing in me right now is I'm just reacting to like, I, that's more stuff to do. And I yeah. know that there are clear wins ahead of me. So I kind of want to get those and layer on. Could you have the uh, marketing team build you or just straight up do for you some outreach to Ruby bloggers? Uh, quite possibly. They've talked about outreach as a as an aspect of what they do and uh, something that they'd like to pursue on this. So that's actually yeah, that's a good idea. Even if they just gave you the, the the email addresses and like templates, like wrote even wrote you the email, if that's like a stumbling block for you, yeah, like because I think it's going to work way better if you send it. Yes, like if if someone from a like marketing firm pitched me on something, like we get pitched on guests for this this show, mm-hmm. and when it's a person versus their like representative, it's just a whole different feeling. Yep. But if you're like, hey, I'm Chris Toomey, I made this sweet course, check it out, and like then like send it to Peter Cooper and other people with Ruby blogs and whatnot. Yep. I think you would uh, see some serious bump from that. Yeah, I think outreach is generally something we haven't done much of and something that I think could be uh, pretty potent. So I'm super into that idea. Sweet. Um, Let's see. So a few other things. Uh, I'm looking back over the drip course that we have associated with OnRamp to Vim and with Mastering Git. And what's interesting is when they launched, they were not terribly effective, like Uh in the 1% conversion rate. Uh, and now they've seasoned for a little while. They have many fewer people going through them, but they're performing better. So mastering mm. Git is at six percent, and OnRamp to Vim is almost at ten percent for of people that subscribe to the course, then become Upcase customers. That's, I believe, what I'm seeing. Um, Sweet. So that's good. I I was actually considering winding them down and replacing them with some other things, or basically they they take a good amount of work to set up for each of these courses. If you auth to see OnRamp, you get the OnRamp course. If you auth to see Git, you get that course. It takes a while to write them. So in the sense of return on investment, it wasn't feeling great. But now looking back at it, I'm seeing, A, email continues to be a super effective channel. So I've got to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, these these are doing better than I expected. So I'm going to keep a close eye on them and uh, see how that moves over time. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the nature of the traffic. We drove a lot of traffic to the sites. And that's what the initial launch thing was. It was a couple people tweeted. And that brought a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is the true long tail organic stuff. Uh, these are people that really want their seeking Git knowledge. Uh, and so maybe that puts them in a more apt place, but uh, it's interesting. This is all behind our uh, Land Your Rail stream job, which continues to dominate at a 16% conversion You're rate. You're welcome. Hey, thank you, Ben. That's yeah. awesome. That's the best gift you gave me. Uh, so let's see. Last thing, a couple of testing things. 16%? Yeah. That's bananas. Yes. It's really, really high. Man, that's good. <laughs> Unreasonably high. Wow. Uh, and it, it maintains, it holds. It's been doing that, you know, since day one. So well Holy written, Ben. Um, let's see, a few tests that we had running. Uh, the picture test. So replacing the Mastering Git logo title card thing with a picture of me and the words Mastering Git. Uh, so a very mild drop in click-throughs on the Start Trail button, 
which is interesting. So that's kind of a, a negative effect, I think. But it's very small and it's uh, not statistically significant at this point. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't make me happy. Mm. But overall, we're seeing the users who land on that page converting at a much higher rate. Mm. And with 95% confidence on getting to basically our welcome page, which means they've subscribed. You know why, right? Because now they know it's top. I'm on Chris Toomey. It's people and possibly it's me, but it seems to be effective. The interesting thing for me though is the uh, disconnect between people clicking less on that button, but converting more overall. Mm. I don't know what to make of that. So I'm gonna let this test run for a little bit longer, but mm -hmm. in general, this is hinting towards, yes, pictures, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now I get to do the fun thing of running around and asking everybody, hey, do you have a, a really nice kind of color headshot where you're smiling and looking into the camera? For the people that taught the courses on Updates? Yeah. Yeah. So by the way, Ben, do you have a really nice, no, I have yeah, plenty probably. of video footage of you that yeah, I can you pull it from. I've already taken the ones I need for you. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting one. Checkout is basically seasoned at this point. I feel comfortable calling this one. Uh, we had to do it as a time series test based on lots of the conversations that we've had, but we're at 53% improvement in conversions on the checkout page. Hey that's an important page and that's a nice number. So super happy about that. Yeah. If we discount the direct traffic that we saw with the one email blast for the, the new year thing that I did, uh, that sent a lot of direct traffic. So if we pull all of that out, we're showing a 43% uplift. So it's a little bit less because there was, in theory, this rush of people going through that were going straight for the checkout. Mm -hmm. But still, we're somewhere in the 50% range, close great. to. Thrilled with that. That's great. And we've now gotten to a place where we feel confident in that. So now we can start layering on iterations. We can start testing headlines and things on that page because now we've tested it as a time series variant. That's good. We like this design. Let's now swap out pictures, do you know whatever on that page. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that is interesting, this was a conversation I had with the marketing team today, was we have a limited testing budget. Yep. Uh, and that has to do with the fact that we only see so much traffic going through this page. So we have to be careful. We can only, it, it takes a while for a single test to get to statistical significance. Right. So we have to be very careful with what we choose. And this actually, it's interesting that knowledge of A-B testing and how it works pushes you away from it in this case. We kind of just have to follow our intuition on some things. So like generally pictures of people work. So we're going to make a page that has pictures of people and talks about uh, benefits, not features, mm -hmm. and those sort of things. Uh, so that dichotomy of uh, kind of following your intuition and following known best practices and testing all the time. Uh, it's an interesting thing that I'm trying to kind of figure out how to walk that line. But this page has been an interesting journey in that world. Cool. A um, couple of other tests that we want to do, but uh, I think I'll talk about those when they're implemented or when we have something more interesting to say. So I think that'll about round it out for me this week. Okay. So I have two two things I want, three things I want to talk to you about. Okay. Based on what you said. Okay. One is just a reminder, not a reminder. I want to make a point again. Mm. I got an email from a guy who said, by the way, uh, hey, something, 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 who knows what it was. By the way, I found a typo on one of your upcase pages and he showed a screenshot of the start trail button start trial yeah so you want me to change the word trail to course yeah yeah i do also did people, you tell me subscribers about that, by the way? no i didn't that's, that's new information for you <laughs> oh the fact that i want you to change the course no the typo on the page oh is that typo still live it's not a typo oh it says trail he thinks it's okay. you typo trial he thinks we typo trial hmm okay even more interesting so that actually would be an interesting test to run if your call to action is start typo, yep. people might, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, no, who are these chuckleheads? They can't even spell. Again, I'm super sold. This is how I talk about it in all marketing things. Yeah. This is how I communicate about them. So, so just, we're gonna just, just a ping. Yep. No, good. Keep, uh, keep the, pinging, please. The other thing, zooming way back, is it was surprising to me to hear that uh, the credit card fraud thing was a full day. Uh, it wasn't quite a full day. That's that's an exaggeration. Okay. I will say it did take up a bunch of time, a surprising amount of time. And it took mental energy. It, uh, I wasn't working at full capacity after that. Cause it was just like, ah, come on. This is not great. You were sad at the world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was not a full day. So that's that would be fair uh, had that been actually how much time went into it. But it was not. So yes. Okay. Good keeping uh, me honest though. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing is an idea. You and I actually, I, I pitched this to you already, which I wish I hadn't. I wish I could have gotten a hot take on the podcast, but you can pretend. Uh, everyone else is getting the hot take. So uh, I think... You and I should do event webinar, mm-hmm. and we're not ever going to call it a webinar again, except for that one time that I just did it right there. Naming is hard. What are you going to call it? It's going to be a live Vim course with Ben Orenstein and Chris MF and Toomey, and I think that thing is going to sell like hotcakes. And by sell, I mean subscribe. Uh, so every person that subscribes, of course, you go, um, you know, you get their email address, which is cool because they go into your beautiful funnel of all kinds of Vim interestingness. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to do uh, some like ask us anything stuff, but we'll we'll probably plan. I mean, I think this is not that much work. Basically, mm-hmm. I think you and I can plan a half an hour or an hour of Vim stuff in our sleep. Yep, uh, we could do it right now with no preparation. Uh, if we had to, with no preparation, if necessary. Uh, I think this is like a huge win. I'll promote on Twitter for you happily. I got a Mm -hmm. bunch of Vim people that are... I have a little Vim Tips podcast now. It's gotten like 5,000 downloads already. So I'm happy to introduce them to you, like this webinar, Mm -hmm. this course we're going to do together. Uh, I think this is like... They're called trails, Ben. (laughs) Sorry, to this this live trail, this live trial by Ben and Chris. Uh, I think this is going to be like one of those easy pickups. I think you'll get a bunch of subscribers immediately afterwards by offering them a time-limited coupon right at the end of it. And I think you will be able to market to the rest of the people pretty effectively later on. So my not hot, but uh, my take on this, uh, I definitely like the idea. I'm uh, hesitant to dive right into it. Uh, And so one of the things that I forgot to mention in our earlier conversation is that you hate Vim. Is that I hate Vim. I've given up. I'm Emacs all the time. Uh, No, I'm still on Vim. Uh, At this point, I am the only one working full-time on Upcase. So as of Monday, Rigu, our apprentice, has rotated onto a client project. Uh, Largely, this was driven by the fact that he wasn't getting to work on much code. So he was very interested in the business, the marketing, all of those aspects. But I continually felt a little bad that I did not have any code, any sort of testing, anything to move him in all of those aspects that he brought as one of the many facets of his interest uh, coming to it. So we recognized that uh, and we found a project that actually I'm kind of jealous. He's on uh, an excellent internal project. It's a client that's come back to us a few times. That's a nice MVP. They're uh, moving in a very agile way, but they've got traction. It's a lot of really great uh, aspects. But so Raguz rotated onto that. I'm now the only person on Upcase as of right now. We're working internally to figure out and to bring someone else onto the project full time, but that's still being figured out. So bandwidth is extra constrained, which is part of why even less got done this week uh, than other things. So I'm picking up other people and kind of filling in those gaps. But in the sense of there is no time that is loose that could go to this, and especially in the sense of I think you're right that this could be a great marketing channel. But we don't have some of the foundational elements mm-hmm. that are necessary to follow up because this is inherently not a revenue generating activity. It's an audience generating activity. The Vim thing? A, in a direct sense. I think to disagree. I think you'll I think it would be direct signups immediately afterwards. You think so? Yes. Okay. Well that's interesting. And viewing it from that angle, possibly. 
Um, I would rather have a little more of a system built out, have a little more of the follow-up and the email sequences and things like that ready. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, and just there are so many things that feel very high priority right now that are not getting done that to draw attention to this. And realistically, we're talking about a couple of hours at a minimum. Mm -hmm. I know you're saying we can pull that. Like we definitely know enough Vim, but it will take mm -hmm. an investment of time to do this. Yep, for sure. Uh, and there's very little of that to go around right now. So I would love to revisit this in a week or two when Upcase is back to uh, a few more people on it. I already scheduled it for like tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but overall, I like the idea. I think it's an interesting approach, something that's definitely worth trying. Yeah. So. Okay. I agree. I think we should do it. I know you think we should do it. <laughs> I, th I think the idea that I like is the idea we should do. Uh, yeah. Okay. I hear you. You're stretched thin. Stretch then, and also I'm really excited about a lot of things that are happening. So we'll we'll get to some of the numbers in a minute, but stuff's moving in, in the right direction, Sweet. and that's very systematic. That's very long game, but building out SEO, building out things like that. And what you're describing is kind of a singular action, mm -hmm. and every one of them will take that singular effort. So I'm, I'm very much in a systems mindset right now rather than those singular things, and that's mm -hmm. also part of what's drawing me away from doing it immediately. I want to continue pushing into these systems because I see those giving continued... Uh, and kind of compounding returns. Mm -hmm. And so that's where my focus is right now. All right. Well, you let me know when you want, when you want to do it. Sounds good. All right. Want to do the wrap up? Sure. Cool. Uh, why is the product better for your customers than it was last week? Uh, released a weekly iteration, updated the notes, uh, and that's going to be about it. Gotcha. What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? Let's see. These are all two weeks, by the way. Yes, these are all two weeks. Um, so we have the weekly iteration free. So now at a minimum, there's that one video, but the ability to make those free. That's a new thing that'll get us uh, new people in the marketing system. And also, we had kind of lost some of the team wording on our landing page in some of the recent redesigns. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've restored that and actually re-emphasized that there's now a Teams link in the top in the header when you're on the join page. You can page. sign up as a team, you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So basically, I think there were no links to that page. That page had fallen off the internet. My bad. Yeah. I've restored that page. I That's don't good. think it was as detrimental as that sounds. A lot of people were emailing in and saying like, hey, I'd love to sign up a team. How do I do that? Right. So it, I don't think we actually lost anyone. But then again, making buttons yellow seems to have a profound effect. So we've restored those. Those are now back. Happy about that. Okay. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? Um, I think a little bit of strategic high-level thinking has given me a lot of clarity for the things that I want to do. So taking that time, thinking through things, but also not taking too much time on that. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you poor do poorly that you should reduce? A little bit of letting kind of a few negative things distract me, take, mm -hmm. take some of my mental energy. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could have rolled past those a little more easily, and I did, but quicker would have been better, I think. Gotcha. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? Hope to do by next time. I would like to send two particular emails. One is the relaunch, the retroactive launch of Mastering Git. The other is a, hey, Upcase misses you. You canceled four months ago or three months ago. We'd love to have you back. Here's all the great stuff we've done since you've been gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so send those two emails. Uh, we're recording the weekly iteration next week, so that's always a big chunk of time. So I'm going to commit to that. And lastly, I would like to push a little bit more. I, I need to get some people back on some of the content work for some of the other trails. So I have some people identified. I need to have some meetings with them, but get that back in motion. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, what is your MRR, up or down versus last time? MRR is currently at 34066 which is an oh, increase baby. of $616 across the two weeks. Excellent. Very happy with that. And again, that's the systematic... It's just kind of going up every day. Very cool. I very much like that. Yeah. All right, Ben, turning this around for you. 
What is your product better for your customers this week than it was last week? It works with JavaScript disabled. <laughs> for all of those many customers that use that. Yeah. Realistically, though? <laughs> I mean, realistically, that's the answer. Uh, realistically, it's it's cheaper. It's cheaper. Okay, that's actually uh, you a thing. Could, you could argue that's, yeah, it's better for customers yeah. and, and new customers. That's kind of also my answer. Well, no. Yeah. Done. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what did you do to acquire more customers? Uh, the drip course is launched and live and mm. all that. And you reduced the price. And I reduced the price. Which seems to have acquired more customers. So far. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? After some encouragement by you, I redoubled my focus on the Ember stuff and did a pretty decent job of staying like tight on that and not getting distracted by the many other things that I wanted to. Uh, and yeah, pretty happy with that. Cool. Also, Bernard was great. He deserves a... He did... Well, the thing I did well was having Bernard be awesome. Good job, Bernard. <laughs> Killing it. And good job, Ben, I guess. Uh, yeah, what did you do poorly that you should reduce? I don't know. Dancing. Dancing? Dan too much singing in the office. Okay. I don't uh, know. Nothing's like coming up. Nothing comes to mind at the moment. I'll nice. try harder next week to have something that I did poorly. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? Probably not going to finish pricing. So pricing is next most important. It's probably okay. not going to be done by the next time we talk. What does done mean again? Well, pricing. shipped. Like the, Like you can sign up for the new tiers pricing. Even with the, you just create a credit card and then I give you a call. So on the phone manual, kind of so yeah. So I guess by next week, I would like to have onboarded uh, in a manual fashion, a handful of customers mm. and run some pricing by them and start to have a, a model in mind. And we're also, I mean, we're doing design and development on the pricing stuff. So I'm just gonna, I'll, I think it's gonna take two weeks. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that just because I like to tempt fate. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and what about your MRR? MRR is up. It's $5,030 per month. It's up 6% since the last time we talked. Nice. Yeah. That's a solid bump. It's pretty cool. Feels good. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that rounds it out. It does. Uh, sorry, I uh, cut you off earlier. I had this dream of finishing in under an hour, and we're about to live my dream. It's a dream. It's good. Here we go. Okay. Today's show was produced and edited by the one and only Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 182. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.